Hello, Spyhards, and thank you for joining us on this special episode commemorating the life and work of Sir Thomas Sean Connery. I'm Agent Scott. And I'm Cam, the provocateur. Uh, and we wanted to take uh, a quick moment just to acknowledge uh, that Sean Connery has left us today, uh, day of recording, the 31st of October. And we wanted to just have a quick chat about his work and, and career, basically. Yeah, Sean Connery was born um, August 25th, 1930 in Edinburgh, Scotland. Uh, and he passed away in Nassau uh, in the Bahamas, which is just very notable because that's one of the primary shooting locations for Thunderball. I didn't know that. Probably uh, once he was there, he decided he wanted to move there. Uh, I don't blame him. Yeah, he had a very good life. You know, we don't need to feel bad for Sean Connery. He had a very long, blessed life, an amazing career, and he's going to live on as an icon. But I thought it would be really nice to just kind of show some appreciation for the man and what he meant to us. So I'm just curious, Scott, if you can remember some of your earliest memories of encountering the work of Sean Connery. Do you know, it actually wasn't James Bond which a lot of people would argue is his greatest role. Sure. Uh, my first encounter with uh, Sean Connery would be in the Indiana Jones film, The Last Crusade. And just seeing him as Indy's dad as quite a young kid. And it's, it's a kid's movie, really. It's an adventure film. Uh, he was just a funny old dude. Yeah, like that movie definitely had an impact on me. Um, my first... I believe encounter with his work was actually in Darby O'Gill and the Little People, which was a Disney film from the late 50s. It would have uh, one of his earliest films. I remember, though, I was very ill when I saw it. And so my memories of the movie are very much tied into how ungodly sick I was at that point in time. <laughs> like, I very much remember that part of it. The movie, not so much. Um, but I really do, you know, like you, have a lot of memories of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. That was a movie that... Um, I had seen Raiders of the Lost Ark, I think once, but my parents bought a VHS of Last Crusade and my sister and I watched that movie just a insane amount of times. Of all the Indiana Jones films, that's the one I've seen the most. And I just remember that scene in the tank with him and Denholm Elliott, where they're kind of joking around and they have this camaraderie and the pen is mightier than the sword and all that stuff. And I was so enchanted by scenes like that in a lot of movies or TV shows, always made the mistake, I think, of making the parent characters kind of boring. And they gave him so much personality in that movie that he really like popped for me as like an eight or nine-year-old watching that movie. I think seeing that film really introduced me to the Sean Connery voice as well. Yeah. Which I think I knew more than I knew his work, and I would often put that voice on. I think that's a big connection point for kids too, because any kid can do a bad Sean Connery impression. Bad Sean Connery impression. <laughs> or flawless, either way. Well, I, I'm curious, though, what was the first James Bond movie you saw him in? The first James Bond film I ever saw him in was actually Doctor No. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it wasn't one of the later ones. Uh, a lot of people tend to see something like From Russia With Love or Thunderball first. Uh, I might have seen You Only Live Twice on TV as a young kid. I remember the intro quite fondly to that film. But mm. the, the first one I remember seeing all the way through is Dr. No and that intro scene in the casino. And that sort right. of iconic moment, which we spoke about on the, when we covered uh, Dr. No a few weeks ago. Yeah. And for me, um, it was either Goldfinger. I remember my parents rented Goldfinger for me to watch one night when they had company. And so that was one of my earliest. It was that or I taped from Russia with love off TV and watched that. And I can't remember which, but I mean, um, 
I do remember really enjoying him, but also being like, this isn't Roger Moore. And of course, I was brought up on Roger Moore Bond movies. So it took a little bit of an adjustment for me. Well, I was in the same boat. I was brought up on Piers Brosnan, James Bond films. And, you know, a lot of people say your first one's always your James Bond. And Piers Brosnan certainly was my first James Bond. And he's left a, an indelible impression on the character. But when I watch Sean Connery as James Bond, and I've alluded to this before, he is what I would call the James Bond. Oh, totally. And did he have a certain amount, Sean Connery, have a certain amount of like mystique for you, you know, over the course of your life? Because he was someone who, he wasn't like hugely public. Um, he made movies, eh, you know, he wasn't massively prolific. You know, he put out a couple movies every couple years or three years, but he wasn't someone who was just in the limelight all the time. So like for me, he was kind of this very, almost enigmatic figure that I was fascinated by a lot of my young life. Did he kind of work for you that way? I'm not too sure it was the same way with me. I think I saw him in a few films and then he wasn't really around. I remember seeing him in the Avengers. I remember seeing him in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which both aren't particularly good films. (laughs) Way to eulogize the man. (laughs) Well, you know, I I moved on to better work later on, I have to say. Of course. I I started with the low and I improved from there. It was all uphill after that. That's what you want, isn't it? That's right. <laughs> but yeah, I he he was around in my childhood. His work was around, but because he wasn't as popular in... Well, I don't want to say he wasn't popular in the 90s. He was a working man throughout all of the 90s, and he stopped in the early noughties with mm-hmm. the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. But yeah. um, it just he wasn't in films I was particularly watching, and I was 13 right. at the turn of the millennium. So I just remember seeing movies... You know, he wasn't like I didn't see a lot of his work at the time because he was making a lot of R-rated films in the 90s when I was kind of young. So I wasn't watching like Russia House or um, Rising Sun. I saw those, you know, those movies later on down the road or at least Rising Sun. Um, But I just remember seeing like Hunt for Red October Mm -hmm. or, you know, the movie Dragonheart where he was the voice of Draco the Dragon. And he always kind of had this mystique to me. He was an actor I didn't feel I really understood that well. I just knew him as James Bond, you know, an Indiana Jones film as Henry Jones. And then seeing him pop up as these characters who very much dominated the movies they were in. I mean, um, you know, Hunt for Red October is a Jack Ryan story. No one thinks about that movie as a Jack Ryan movie. They think about it as the Sean Connery movie. Yeah, that was certainly his film. And that was one of the ones I, I did catch in my early teens. And the only other one that springs to mind of his, his work that I saw when I was quite young is because my household was a bit of a Monty Python household. Mm, yeah so i mean he's not in any of the monty python films but what he is in is time bandits which is a terry gilliam comedy that also was written by michael palin and terry gilliam and it stars john cleese and sean connery as king agamemnon did you know i've never seen time bandits it's a it's an interesting film i think if you don't get on well with python humor you may struggle a little bit but because it was a python house we were uh, very much on board we had that one on vhs Interesting. It's one I promise you I will probably watch in the next day or so. Um, today, you know, you know, when we're recording this, it's Halloween, so it's kind of like my evenings kind of clamped down with Halloween movies, you know, horror movies. But um, I'm on holidays after tonight, um, so I am going to be, I think, diving into some of these Sean Connery ones I haven't seen, and I'll start with Time Bandits because I've owned the Blu-ray for about five years, so I have no good excuse whatsoever. Oh, I'm glad you're going to check it out and let me know what you think. I'm actually going to line up a few films myself. Well, here's a question for you then, Cam. Uh, You've got tomorrow to watch some Sean Connery films. What's on your Sean Connery watch list? Okay, so yeah, I'm going to watch Time Bandits 100% for sure. 
Um, there's two I want to revisit. And one of them was actually, I remember when I was, I was quite young. I would have been in my, you know, high school years, maybe like grade nine, grade eight, somewhere in there. And I went to a sleepover at a friend's house. And I don't remember what we watched the night of the sleepover, probably like Lethal Weapon 2 or something, you know, an action movie of that era. Sure. But I remember the, the next morning he said, do you want to watch the movie The Hill? And mm-hmm. I had never heard of it. It was a black and white um, military prison drama which of course was exactly what I wanted to watch when I was 13 years old or 14 years old. And it had Sean Connery, which was a selling point for me because I'm like, really? Like I only know him from Indiana Jones and James Bond really at this point in my life. Um, And we watched this film. It's made in, I believe it was 1965 and it was absolutely fantastic. And it was just, you know, Connery is one of those actors who became more of an icon than he was acknowledged as a great actor. And I think he was a great actor, but this movie was made, I mean, it's kind of in the Bond, you know, that Bond fame, but it's a movie where he's kind of going outside of what you expect. And it's a fantastic performance. And it's a movie I would really like to revisit. Um, The other one that I want to rewatch is a movie called Robin and Marion from 1976, which I actually watched relatively recently. And I feel like that movie is going to have a lot of power now because the movie is sort of, I mean, before the movie Logan, you know, about Wolverine. There was Robin and Marion, which is about sort of the the last days of Robin Hood and his reunion with Maid Marion and sort of the weight of this legacy and the sort of legendary status and what that means and sort of the what that message will mean for the generations to come. It's a very odd movie. It's directed by Richard Lester, who did Superman 2 and 3. Uh, he did the 3 and 4 Musketeers films. Um, it's a movie that I watched and I was like, it's really funny in parts. It's very sad in parts. It's very charming with just the chemistry between Audrey Hepburn and um, Sean Connery. And it's a movie that when it's over, it has this kind of this real punch that you almost don't expect. And it has a very just sort of, you know, eulogizing a legend kind of feel to it. And I think it's a movie that feels very appropriate to rewatch right now. That's an interesting one. I might put that on my list for watching tomorrow or the day after. Mm-hmm. I would really recommend it. It's one that I think has kind of lost a little bit of um, favor just because there's been so many Robin Hood movies and that was kind of more like the oddball one they made in the 70s, but it was mm-hmm. uh, infinitely less popular than the Disney animated one, also from the 70s. And then you had the Sean, or the um, you had the Kevin Costner one in 91, which really was a massive hit. Sean Connery actually appears in that film, so it's another Sean Connery film. But um, I would totally recommend people check out Robin and Marion for sure. It's interesting you mentioned the uh, 1991 Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves film, because I actually watched that film and the Disney one as research for when I played King Richard. <laughs> now, you're not even talking about a play. You just mean a day-to-day life, right? I just walk around the streets of London with a sword and a cape. <laughs> Do you suck your thumb a lot? <laughs> oh, no, that's, uh, is that, no, that's King John, right? Or Prince uh, John or whatever? It's, it's, uh, yeah, Prince John, the guy who's uh, usurping or trying to usurp the crown, I believe. Right, yes, yes. Okay, how did that performance go? <laughs> Uh, flawless because I only came in at the end and delivered three lines and then left the stage so I couldn't really mess it up that's why Connery probably wanted that role in Prince of Thieves all you get to do is just memorize a couple lines show up the whole audience is just so happy you're there and you get to walk out and be like boom nailed it that's it that's it Um, so on my viewing list for tomorrow I've got a, a few more of the favorites I would say films I haven't seen in a while but I'm definitely watching The Hunt for Red October Mm -hmm. I'm definitely going to watch The Rock. Oh, of course. And then I'm going to pick a Bond film. I actually watched Diamonds Are Forever today uh, after hearing the news. It was just my go-to for some strange reason, that film. 
Uh, but mm-hmm. it was it was a great watch, and me and you have a special connection to that film, which we'll get to one day. But uh, I'm yet to pick a Bond film, so I was hoping to have that chat with you now to try and pick one out. Right, yeah. Um, boy, I feel like, you know, Dr. No is such a, a great one just for the icon of Connery. Um, but I feel like people are generally going to go to Goldfinger, right? Yeah, I mean, you've got so many quotable lines from that film. The laser beam thing. Yeah, I, I probably, yeah. I, I would lean towards Goldfinger. The only thing I might consider would be Thunderball because I quite like the story. Of course, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'll probably, you're right, I'll probably go with Goldfinger. I also want to rewatch The Untouchables, which I haven't seen in many years. And he won an Oscar for that for Best Supporting Actor in 1987. Um, and he plays like an old Irish cop who teams up with Elliot Ness to take down Al Capone. And he's amazing in that movie and highly quotable. I'll have to check that one out. I don't think I've actually seen it. Oh, really? Yeah, he has some amazing lines that have definitely entered the vernacular of popular movie catchphrases. Well, I'll try and add that to the list. It's already quite a a large Sean Connery list. But um, it seems like we're going to drop this uh, mini episode tomorrow. So you can perhaps join us in your viewing pleasure of Sean Connery films and uh, obviously listen to this episode as well and just try our best to think about the great work that he gave us. For sure. And we are going to be tackling from Russia with love in the relatively near future. It's it's not super far off. And when we do tackle that one, we'll go a little more into depth in terms of Sean Connery's portrayal of Bond and sort of looking back on it, make it more of a retrospective once we have some distance, I think, because right now it's very fresh. But we wanted to just acknowledge the passing and you know show that it really does mean a lot to us and that we are looking forward to tackling more of this man's work in the future. And I mean, there was none like him. He truly was the last one. And I know we're sort of mixing brands here, but for me, in terms of him playing James Bond, nobody does it better. Boom. There we have it. Well, thank you for tuning in, folks, to our little uh, mini special on the passing of Sean Connery. Uh, By all means, tweet us at SpyHards, S-P-Y-H-A-R-D-S, with the films you're watching tomorrow or over the coming days to remember the work of Sean Connery. So once again, thank you for joining us and we'll see you on Tuesday with our regularly scheduled episode of Men in Black 2. But until then, I've been Agent Scott. And I've been Cam the Provocateur. We'll see you next week.